Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Well, I just want to say hello to everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for the first Passion Harvest Live. Um, There will be a replay that I will post up on YouTube, but I'm so excited for you to be joining us here now. Wherever you are in the world, I have David Manning with me, who I love, and he's such a powerful energy worker. And if you don't know who he is, David is a leading authority and world-class multidimensional energy worker and guide. David has worked through many layers of the human condition in his own field and facilitates deep transformation for others. His awakening journey began back in the 1980s, studying and working at London's College of Psychic Studies for many years. David offers online teleconferences that are amazing, by the way. That are meditations and energy work at personal and planetary levels. This is his story and this is his passion. David, welcome to Passion Harvest. <laughs> Thank you. It's so uh, it's so lovely to be here. I didn't realize that this was your first live event. Huh? It's for, it's a first live interview event. I've live done live interview, before yeah. by yeah. myself, but it's so much easier interviewing other people. Takes <laughs> the pressure off, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so this also is interesting because normally I have you know do a guideline of questions but David just said let's just free flow with this so we'll, we've decided we'll do about a 20 minutes approximately you can tell I like a bit of structure <laughs> about 20 minutes uh interview and then a, a, a meditation and David's meditations are amazing and followed by a Q&A so you can ask us any questions you want um you ready to dive in David yeah, let's go for it. Huh? What <laughs> I'll just ask the questions and you can go wherever you want to. But what I'm really interested in, and I, I see this a lot on social media and I, I, all the dates, these December dates, the, the solstice or the 12th of the 12th or the 14th of the 12th, what does it mean and what does it mean for us as individuals and a collective from an energetic perspective? <laughs> It's strange, isn't it? Because the, the 12, 12, these, these numerical dates, the 11, 11, the 8, 8, the 12, 12, I never used to pay much attention to them. I didn't used to give much credence to them. But um, I started being really sideswiped by the energy. So I would, you know, not be paying much attention to the fact that it was the 8th of August, the 8th of the 8th or whatever. And I would find myself completely, completely sideswiped by the energy and then I um, became aware that I needed to pay attention to these uh, to these dates and I had always assumed that these were just a man-made construct in effect and maybe they are Um, but what uh, I become aware of then is that on these dates, if a lot of people are gathered or focused in one particular direction, that in itself becomes a powerful opportunity. And the non-physical beings that work with us will always use whatever opportunity they have um, to help us move through more of our healing journey you know they will what so whatever chance they get they will work with us in an attempt to shift our patterns to help us grow evolve heal whatever so if those dates mean that a lot of people are focused together meditating together praying for something holding an ideal or an intention that becomes a powerful opportunity in and of itself. The 8-8 gateway, um, there's a team of beings that work with me, the lion-headed beings, we know them from Egypt, particularly the um, uh, the being Sekhmet. Now there's a whole race of these beings and, and they introduced themselves to me uh, a number of years ago as the primary team that works with me. 
uh, and they asked me to start holding teleconferences on the 8-8, um, the Lion's Gate, as it is called. And those have become extraordinarily powerful events um, for me uh, at a personal level, but also a lot of other people seem to find that too. The same then with the 11-11 and 12-12, although I don't pay attention to all of them, I focus primarily on the 8-8 and the 12-12. Um, because this date, the 12th of December, always seems to me to be at the opening of a, of a doorway, a window, a portal that begins, really begins the amplified stretch of energy into the solstice. Now the solstices and equinoxes are about the Earth's journey around the sun, the Earth's relationship with the sun. And these are four dates in our yearly calendar. The solstice is in December and June, and the equinox is in March and September, um, that are pinpoints, if you like, where there's a shift in energy. Um, and a powerful shift in energy, a, a change of frequencies, a change of season, uh, in a sense. And we get to set our course. We get to really take stock of where we've been and set our course for the next three months. So it's a big opportunity. This coming solstice, um, because the astrology that coincides with the solstice is seen by many to be an extraordinarily powerful uh, event. A lot of people are calling it the shift of the ages, the point when we actually shift out of the age of Pisces and into the age of Aquarius. Um, now, I'm not an astrologer, and I don't pay a huge amount of attention to astrology, but this solstice was flagged up to me right the way back in January. Um, as being a date of real importance and a date that this whole of this year was about, in effect, moving us towards this portal, an eye of a needle, if you like. Uh, and so I think for many people, and certainly for me and the people I've been working with, there has been a, a, an extraordinary clearing of the energy field. I mean, the most enormous collective patterns, deep, deep patterns encoded in our, um, well, in our deep history, in our collective timelines have been clearing so rapidly, so quickly, uh, in order for us to meet this point with as little baggage as is possible. Uh, now this point, the solstice, it, mm -hmm lands precisely, I think it's two minutes past 10 in the morning of the 21st of December. Now that time is UK time, so I don't know where that is, wherever everybody else is listening. But there is a precise time of the equinoxes and the solstice, a time when the sun is at its perfect point for those events. The solstice window is traditionally said to be three days um, as a, an open space. But this point, this shift into the age of Aquarius is, is something that has been a long time coming. That song, The Dawning of the Age of Aquarius, I think was written 40 or 50 years ago. It's been in our consciousness for a long time. And it it's not a, a single point in time. It's a trajectory, the age of Pisces, these um, ages where we take a 26,000 year journey around the, um, the constellations, um, the shift point between those ages, Pisces and Aquarius then is not, um, it, it takes a while. And so what it means is that the backdrop of energies we experience uh, as a planet is shifting quite dramatically now but again it's not a you know a sudden change it's a, a gradual change um but for many this point this solstice is is really the the signifying point of that um 
And so it's, it's exciting. And you can, if you look at the planetary patterns that we are dealing with, it makes sense when you start to view it in those wider perspectives, not just of the chaos of our political state, our economic state, our um, state of well-being in terms of, of disease and pandemic, um, and all of the conspiracies around that, all of the confusion around what is the truth. I mean, nobody knows the truth anymore. So these are extraordinary confusing times. And it makes more sense when you view things through these uh, huge stretches of astrological time um, rather than human time. Um, because if you're looking at it from a human perspective, it, it becomes quite overwhelming. Um, astrologically then it becomes easier to to grapple with if you see things as ages shifting rather than simple um human uh human civilizations collapsing or or, or whatever does that make sense at all it does and it's also i'm hearing like don't get so involved in your own personal story it's more of the collective yeah and it's that's a tricky one isn't it you when we start our healing journey, we are deeply involved in our personal story. And it's our personal pain that gets us to that point of thinking, Christ, I've got to do something about this. Yeah. So you, you have to be very personal initially. But as you work deeper and deeper through your story, you start to see that the themes you're dealing with are the themes that everybody's dealing with. They're just the details are a little bit different in everybody's life. And you can then start to see these patterns as archetypal patterns that everybody moves through in their journey towards wholeness, towards um, unity. And then it starts to become a little less personal in a sense, and you get to see a wider perspective. And something that's happened for me for, I don't know, five or six years now is this lovely experience of getting to view the planet from out there it's like being a watcher watching in at the planet aware of cosmic spaces vast um, fluxes of energy through the cosmos but also having the very human experience of being here in a body feeling all that's happening you know very personally and doing what I do you know, feeling it in the collective as well. And it's lovely having this out there perspective, but also the in there perspective, which, or in here perspective, which makes it very much easier for me to get a, uh, a much more relaxed approach or perspective on all that's happening. Because that out there perspective is something that is available to us all. And I think that's the, perhaps the viewpoint of our higher self um, that looks at these vast stretches of time with ease because we are from that place, eternal beings that have no beginning and have no end and dip in and out of physical reality with each lifetime but but we are just that continuous stream of existence and then <laughs> the rises and falls of um and the fluctuations that we go through here and this seems to be a big sort of peak and trough event that we're moving through at the moment it has less um it doesn't unsteady you in quite the same way as if you were really caught up in the the drama of the event or the um, or the desperate fear of dying, for that matter, you know that's a big one that we all have to to get to grips with, um, in a sense. And our Western cultures don't deal with it particularly well, you know. I've got a lot of questions, but I'm going to try and constrain this in the essence of time. Two things I just wanted to discuss is what what do you recommend we should be doing, particularly on the solstice. That's the first question. <laughs> For me, what is happening is everything seems to be simplifying itself. So I would recommend that people focus on what is truly important to them mm -hmm. and to spend time. 
if you're unclear about that, then it's a really useful thing to get clear about what is important to you. And if it's family, then great, devote time and energy to your family. If it's your health and well-being, devote time to that. If it's your spiritual practice, devote time to that. Whatever you do is going to, there's a huge amount of energy available at these points of the year. And perhaps most people can feel this intensification of energy that always happens in December, but this year is particularly, um, particularly so. So that energy is available for whatever you choose to focus on. Um, be aware if you're focusing on destructive patterns, you're gonna get more bang for your buck, just the same as if you focus on constructive patterns. If you focus on your spiritual growth or your healing journey, you're going to get a lot further because there's a lot more energy focused through everything we do. Um, it's really useful to be aware of the human mind as a, as a lens, in effect, a magnifying glass through which we focus conscious light, um, consciousness. And uh, now there's a lot more energy flowing through that lens, if you like. Um, so pay attention to that. I would recommend spending some time on that day, if you can, at the exact time of the solstice. Um, and that's easy, just Google that wherever you are. Uh, because at that point in time, often, you can perceive a sort of a click, a shift in the energies because there is this shift. Um, and uh, I think it's always useful to show up at the time in the way that our ancestors would. They always um, honored these points in the yearly uh, cycle and were perhaps very much more attuned to these natural rhythms of life than, than we are. We've sort of moved away from them a little bit. Um, it's a useful thing to be anchored back into these physical cycles that are planetary, but also cosmic as well. To be aware of yourself as that, as a cosmic field, not just limited to this planet, but also vast, unimaginably vast, and allow yourself to be that, um, as well as experiencing the, all of the limitation and the beauty and joy of being human too. Well, just on a final question, and then we'll open it up after the meditation. You mentioned that, well, the fear of death, but the fear in general. Has, I was going to say, has 20 minutes gone already, but it has, hasn't it? Well, no, 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 we've Almost. still got a few minutes left. <laughs> we, you know, we don't have to do it exactly to time but yeah, just yeah. I think what's important is the fear a lot of people are experiencing fear particularly at this time in the world how you mentioned you get more bang for your buck but <laughs> whatever you think about but how do we reduce personal fear and how do we uh, navigate through not being affected by the fear of the collective consciousness yeah so that's a great question isn't it because oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> well because we are part of the collective we are so yes. we can't we can't um, cut ourselves off from that experience, you know. It's difficult for me to spend time watching the news or reading the newspapers anymore because in large part, I don't believe what I'm reading or hearing. I'm very disappointed with the level of reporting that is available because it doesn't seem that there's any decent investigative reporting going on in mainstream media. So it's not a satisfying thing to immerse myself in those things. And I'm very aware that there are just continual stories of terror and they propagate a lot of fear. Um, so I would say minimize that. I do watch the news. I do look at newspapers or headlines you know, online but I don't spend a lot of time doing it, but I like to keep abreast of what is going on in that world. Um, you have to be aware also our political um, worlds are extraordinarily murky now, and there is it's very difficult to know what is true anymore, anywhere, really. Um, 
So be aware of being really attached to one side or another of an argument, because the likelihood is that there is truth in both sides and there is corruption and dishonesty in both sides of any given argument. One of the whole points of the spiritual journey, in a sense, is that you take less and less of a position, that you become more neutral and start to be able to hold all sides of a perspective, of a point of view, of an argument, because you recognize there is no right or wrong, in a sense. At this time, we are getting to see a lot of the underbelly, a lot of the stuff that has been hidden, a lot of the, the deep levels of corruption and dishonesty that go on in those areas of life. They're all turning over and coming to the surface. I'm amazed at the, the blatant corruption that's happening in, in British politics. Mm -hmm. It's There's no attempt to hide it anymore, and it's quite astounding. And I think we're only really starting to see that stuff coming to the surface. Um, but I don't think if another party were in power, there would be any particular difference, you know? Um, so be aware of, uh, be wary of being attached to outcomes or to um, aligning yourself with particular philosophies because often you're going to be really disappointed and you're going to get yourself into arguments. This is a time when polarities are collapsing in a sense. And um, if you're holding on to a particular side of an argument, you're going to find it it's painful. You're potentially going to be locked into warfare at some level in yourself or with other people. Um, it's not a peaceful outcome at the moment to be attached to um, to the polarized state. So if you can find a way to um, achieve more neutrality, then that is going to pay you dividends. And it's part of this process of slipping through an, uh, the eye of this coming needle is that you're, we give up our attachments um, because we recognize that there <laughs> political parties don't have the power to make us happy or to change things for us, in a sense. The change comes from deep within each of us as individuals when we stop giving our power away to those um, external whatever we've given our power to and whatever we give our power to is what we make God in effect, whether that be drugs or um, entertainment or politics, you know, all of those things that we give power or energy to, then they have power over us because it's the power we have given them. So uh, be very aware of that. Um, and then process your fear. You know, fear is natural. It's, it's scary, you know. Um, we don't know what's going to happen, not that we ever have, but a lot of people are very worried about their own health or the health of their families, loved ones. A lot of people are under extreme economic stress at the moment, and those are very real, valid fears. Uh, be with those fears, pay attention to them, and find ways to process them healthily rather than smothering them um, avoiding them or using uh, substances or activities that suppress those fears. And again, you know, we've got whole industries based on keeping us um, away from our valid uh, emotional explorations, in a sense, keeping us entertained or drugged, stupefied, <laughs> you know, one way or another. Um, it's, it's better to pay attention to what's actually happening to you deep inside and getting in touch with that. Great points. Thank you, David. I'm not going to ask any more questions. I could keep going, but I think we should move on to the meditation and then anyone can ask questions after that if that's if that suits you. Yeah, sure, sure. That would be great. I'll talk a little bit about meditation. In, sure. I mean, this isn't um, classic meditation. These are guided um, experiences and these meditations are always about energy work, uh, so when I'm 
leading people through a meditation pay attention to your body and to your energy field because they the the intention of the meditation and there is a field of beings that always works with me and there's a field of beings that will always work with each of us as individuals they are present for these events and as i say they will always take advantage of any opportunity to help you move through whatever it is you're moving through with a bit more ease and grace so um we usually take a bit of time to invite uh, that help and assistance as a part of the opening part of the meditation i'll work a bit through relaxing the body paying attention to the body and then we move into something um well, connecting with the cosmos, because that's a really useful thing at the moment. It'll be simple, quite fundamental, but a useful thing to perhaps return to if, uh, if it works for you. So, uh, so yeah. I'm excited. Okay. Do we just we... dive in? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. So, uh, usual... Um, stance usual position to take would be to have your spine reasonably upright and uh closing the eyes and allowing your attention to focus inward so imagine all of that energy that plays out through your eyes into the world draw that in and imagine seeing through the back of your eyes into your body into the back of your head and Follow the breath. Just allow the breath to unite with your awareness and draw you inwards, feeling its flow down through the back of the throat, opening through the neck, widening, loosening the muscles of the neck as it goes and recognize your intention aligned and fused with the breath becomes a really potent tool for transformation, a really wonderful way of easing tension and opening the body up to energy, opening the meridians, the pathways of energy and light through the body. It's a, it's a superb healing tool and modality to work with the breath. So here we focus on that and take a moment through the throat just to open that a place that we hold quite a bit of tension just flowing awareness down through the shoulders and lifting energy out you can use the breath to get underneath patterns of tension and just Ease them out of the muscles. Bring attention to the heart center. This is of primary importance in our individual and collective journey. Deepening, softening, opening into the vast field of the heart that starts as a very personalized field with all of the loves and the longings and the reasons we decided to close our heart, all very valid and real. But as we deepen through those, then the heart simply becomes a vast, open, infinite field of possibility that upwells love without condition into your system. And the universe longs to flow this or these frequencies, love without condition, through you into the world, through you into your world. So take a moment to allow for that. Allow the universe to demonstrate to you that there never has been any lack of love or separation from love. It's always here deep inside you, waiting for you to become available to it. 
So use the breath to open up this vast space in the body. Widening, loosening the muscles through the ribs. Relaxing right the way through the spine. And recognize that there are people all over the world gathered, participating with us here. So just take a moment to consider them present live now or listening to the replay, it doesn't actually matter. And as we consider them, we automatically build a field of energy. Nothing we need to do about that, it just happens. And that becomes more powerful as a field, a force of transformation. And just unwinding awareness down through the spine. Creating space between the vertebrae dropping down deep towards the sacrum, the coccyx, into the base, into the pelvis. Taking some time just to breathe through the hip joints, opening the pelvis. and surrender to gravity. Allow yourself to be pulled into the pelvis, dropping deeper, surrendering to being in a body. Taking some moments to express gratitude to the cell tissue that forms this vehicle of consciousness for your walk through life this extraordinary miracle that science still doesn't quite understand. Just be at home in it. And feel yourself very present on the planet in your life, anchored but also become aware of yourself as consciousness itself, viewing the planet from out in the cosmos. So you're inviting the team of beings that work with you the guides and your greater self, your higher self to assist you in recognizing the supreme mobility of consciousness at once present in your body, in your life and also detached, viewing the planet Recognizing the movements, the patterns, the shifts. That happen at planetary levels. But also feeling. The vastness of the cosmos. The solar system all of these planets revolving around the sun. This planet, Earth, moving towards a point where it's 
northern hemisphere is, tilted furthest away from the sun before it begins its trajectory back, swinging back in the other direction. All of the planets do that. Venus and Mars and Mercury have their own solstices and equinoxes too. Be aware of these patterns as cosmic. And feel the radiance of the sun. Invite it in. Its light is full of intelligence. Flooding your being. Wisdom for the coming year. Guidance that can impregnate your cell tissue and emerge tailored for you at the appropriate time. Be aware then of the distant suns, stars, pinpoints of light in the sky each blazing its own set of frequencies, radiating them out. Be willing to receive those frequencies too. Just receive, nothing to do, but receive, drink deep. Allow yourself to be penetrated by these lights. Recognize you are a part of this cosmic firmament, this cosmic cast of characters as well as being one of the characters on this planet. Can you allow that vastness, that cosmic perspective to be at home in your life. Can you invite that vastness to loosen some of the holding, the binding, the tightness of your life, the place you hold fear the places where insecurity has anchored. Can you feel the security of your cosmic nature that you have no beginning and no end? Just invite that vastness to settle in to your cell tissue. Recognizing as it does so it makes the possibility of letting go of some of the small things 
so much easier. And so then begin to be aware of your body again. The bones of your skeleton, your weight on the chair, on the floor, your breath in your lungs, your place in the room that you find yourself in. And when you're ready, Open your eyes. That was great. Thank you, David. Cool. So I've offered uh, through December uh, a daily meditation every morning uh, at seven o'clock UK time. And all of those are on my Facebook page. If anybody liked that, then that's the sort of thing I do, but there are lots of different um, types. So they could check out my Facebook page and, and there are um, a whole bunch of those uh, available there, 15, 20 minutes long. Um, yeah. And they, they're, uh, yeah, a lot of people are finding them quite useful. So, Yeah, they're great. And for anyone that's watching this or watching the replay, all your details will be in the show notes. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank for you. anyone that's listening. So I guess we're going to open it up to question and answers right now. I'm just working out how to do it. I think people can raise their hand um, or type a message if, and I'll take you off mute and <laughs> video if anyone would like to ask. Rather you than me <laughs> doing this part of the year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, any questions? Let's see what um, what comes. Huh? Oh, Sandy. Okay, Sandy. I'm going to. Ask to unmute. So Sandy's raised her hand. And I'm just trying to work out, ask to start video if you want to. So Sandy, I've sent you ask to unmute and ask to take your or video off. Type her question. You could type your question if you don't want to talk. So there's a typed question from there's Diane a type question there. from Diane. I'll just I read it out the whole, for, for I, people yeah. that are watching the. Um, Oh, there's lots of chats here. So Diane came in first. So any tips on maintaining our vastness when interacting with people caught up in the details and stresses and fears? Yeah, it's a tricky one. And I mean, I haven't mastered that one by any means. But what I do um, is I regularly touch into that field of vastness. And I live by the sea, which makes doing that easy because I only have to glance at the sea and and that vastness is there. Um, I'm always, you know, really moved by the sea and that. Um, so that, so move to the coast. Say, um, but a tree can do the same sort of thing for you. You know, you find the things that anchor vastness for you um, and come back to those on a regular basis because, you know, there's a cliche there that we call it spiritual practice for a reason because it takes practice and we are so quickly pulled into our worldly awareness um and it's lovely when we're meditating we've got all of that lovely stuff going on inside but as soon as we open our eyes and have a conversation we're out there in the world and that's totally fine there's nothing wrong with that at all it's just that regular practice of coming back two, three, four, five, ten times a day, whatever it is for you that works, and feeling that. And then that gradually, over time, those energies pervade your system and become the dominant factor so that you leave that place less and less or it becomes easier to move back there more and more quickly. And one of the useful things 
is also to remember to do that first thing in the morning so that before you leave your house and move into your world, your busy, busy schedule, you're anchored in that field. You've immersed yourself in those frequencies so that your field is flooded with them. And then you can drop back in so much more easily than if you hadn't cultivated that before you left the house. But um, but it is practice, really. It's uh, it's that, you know. And as we loosen the warp and the weft of our human conditioning, as that um, dissolves and falls apart, then we fall through the cracks of that and find ourselves in vastness more and more smoothly, more and more easily, more and more often. Great answer. And just the other part of the question is when interacting with other people caught up in the details and stresses and fears, interacting with others, which is also... <laughs> yeah. You know, if you know you're going to be having a meeting with somebody that is, <laughs> you can arm yourself, you can flood yourself with that. But you can also consciously offer that to them, not perhaps verbally, but energetically. Um, I always find one of the things, you know, if you're going to have a, a tricky conversation with somebody, have that conversation energetically before you get to the actual physical meeting. And often a lot of the edges get smooth because you've already communicated energetically um, where you're coming from and, and where you're at. Uh, that can make a difference. So it's the same sort of thing you practice. And it's about us becoming energetically savvy and creative all the time, um, thinking of energetic solutions before physical solutions, because we are first and foremost beings of energy and energy always comes before matter. So if you make changes in the energetic realms, the physical realm does follow suit. So work energetically to hold somebody in that space without pushing or forcing or demanding that they change to suit you. Um, and then over time, you also find you tend to make choices about who you hang out with, who you spend time with. So less and less you find, you know, as you cultivate this more and it becomes more and more your life, you're drawn into those, you know, tight conversations less and less, or you find ways to move out of them more and more smoothly. Or they, um, the other thing is they tend to bother you less and less because you're, more and more deeply immersed. Um, so there are lots of aspects to that, but it's always first and foremost cultivating it for yourself. Great answer and very relevant during this holiday period with family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't had a family holiday, a family Christmas for many years. Yes. <laughs> That's also an answer to uh, so we've got just from Catherine. Hello, Catherine. No question. Just a big thank you to David and Louisa. Much love and light. And back to Sandy. Sandy, I'm not, I know maybe you don't want to do your video. Would you like to ask a question? You're unmuted. Or you can send a text message. No pressure, Sandy. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> um, from Donna McCurty. What are some of the things you see us, human and collective, and the physical world becoming or moving into <laughs> in the new age? Great question. I asked David this before. Yeah. I'll um, read it again. What are some of the things you see us, human, collective, and the physical world becoming or moving into in the new age? Great question, Donna. It is. And I'm sorry to say I don't have a great answer for this one. I'm not the sort of psychic that sees the future. Um, and I'm glad about that because it relieves an awful lot of pressure. What, what I am aware of is, I touched into this in the, uh, with the previous question, that we are becoming more and more and more aware of ourselves as light. That is going to amplify and, is somebody's <laughs> microphone open? I guess it is. Oh, that's Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Um, oh, hello. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so we simply become more and more aware of ourselves as 
fields of light and interact as that more and more. Um, and that's it in a nutshell. Everything follows suit, but we're in this very, very sticky, murky time of a crossover from one phase of being into another. And of course, we're not all doing this smoothly at the same time. Some of us are here in that path and some of us are here and, you know, at every stage in between. So it's a very uh, jerky, um, seemingly unstable journey when viewed from within the uh, human framework. When viewed from out there, it's flowing really quite smoothly because these things take long periods of time rather than, but of course, from the human perspective, we want it all now. And we were promised this 10 years ago and why is it not happening? I mean, I thought by this stage, we would all be moving things with our minds basically and, and you, you know, levitating and, and um, that, that we would have this stuff all down. And of course it isn't like that at all. Um, it's uh, the human conditioning runs very, very deep and is anchored very firmly on this planet. So there's a lot to fall apart, a lot to work through. But I think it is um, that we know ourselves as light and live from that perspective in a nutshell. And that's a very bland answer to a a question that a more skilled psychic might have a much, much better uh, uh, series of answers for. So apologies for that, but- um, no, no need to yeah. apologize. Donna, I would just say, and I talked about this before, <clears throat> but I've got, I just had an interview this week with Professor Bash who talks about it. It's not up yet. It'll be up in the, new, in the next few weeks about the evolution, what he saw of uh, humanity and our species as a human. So stay tuned for that uh, episode if you're interested in much more detail. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We'll it's going to be great. <laughs> and I am really looking forward to this. Uh, to Professor Bash. Um, Donna McCurdy, I don't know, we've done you. Thank you, Donna. Doe Warns, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Thank you, David. A relief to be reminded about staying neutral and not taking a position. It has been hard navigating through such strong opinions that are around Doe with an X. Yeah, I've known Doe for, for many years. Um, she's an amazing, amazing uh, Shiatsu practitioner and, and a body worker of lots and lots of different modalities. So um, yeah, lots uh, of love to you, Doha. Diana, awesome. Thank you so much. Super helpful. And Donna McCurdy, thank you. I love that answer. So there you go, David. Is there anyone else that would like to ask a question? Sandy, you're raising your hand. Does that mean you'd like to talk now? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Sandy. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi, Sandy. Oh, hello. This is amazing. Hello. Um, thank you very much, Louisa and David. For would you like me to this. turn your video off? Um, I, I don't know how to do this. I'm not very technological. So it's amazing that I can actually uh speak to you at all <laughs> okay uh do you want do you want me to do no, anything no no i've asked you to start uh, your video if you choose whatever you want doesn't matter i can i think i have Ooh, oh hello. you're there hi <laughs> hello sandy <laughs> hi um this may may not really um be the sort of thing you're thinking of people asking but um my son I want very much to know that my son, Robin, who transitioned back to non-physical, um, it still is and is in deep joy and bliss, as I'm hoping to believe he is fully. And I wonder, how can I do this? Hmm. I'll yeah, let you go first on that one, David. I don't, uh, yeah, you're right. I don't really have an answer for that because... Mm -hmm. As much as we might, we might want things for those we love, um, everybody's journey is completely individual. And yeah. he has his own trajectory, his own will and his own, the consequences of his lives to, to work through. So I have no idea how his life was. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, it was sorry a difficult for your loss. Life. 
So you I'm sure he's working. Uh, so he might well be working things out and coming to terms with things, which may mean he's not in deep joy and bliss at the moment. But that's always a a bedrock for us. It's always present. <laughs> Years ago, I was uh, I had terminal cancer and um, was having to choose whether to live or die. And it was made clear to me that joy was the purpose of living and that if I couldn't live with joy, I might as well exit the body and go home. Um, so that really intrigued me, that possibility, because it had never occurred to me that joy could be a purpose in life. Um, and so I'm aware of joy as a perpetual background, a bedrock, um, a fundamental of creation as it were, that we tend to have separated ourselves out from. Um, and so we're all in the, the journey back to that as the holding field, in a sense. And we're all at various places on that journey. So he'll get there at some point, he, you know, but I can't say that he's there now, you know, who knows? Um, a medium might be able to help you more with that. I'm not a medium, you know, somebody that communicates with those that have um, made their transition. But uh, yeah, does that okay, make sense you. to you? Yes, it does. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank um, you for asking them. I would just say, Sandy, yeah. Yes, if you're interested in a medium, I have a lot of, I've interviewed quite a few mediums on the show. And, and particularly, I find that the near-death experiences help a lot of people understand what happens when we transition from our physical body. Yeah. The other thing I would say, I, I don't know, because I haven't had a near-death experience, but from my, from my experiences, it, it, it took me a long time to realise that when people leave their physical body, they're not in some far-off universe, they're actually right here just on yeah. a different realm of existence. So if you would in some way would like to connect with him or try to connect him, don't think he's that far away. He's actually here just on a different vibration. I feel, I feel that he's, he's all around me, but I, 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 I want to know it. But I would say <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah. That he's around you. Yeah. Well, you can, uh, from my interviews when I've spoken with mediums or near death experiences or people that research uh, people that have passed, you can ask for signs. It's not going to be like yeah. him giving you a hug or a kiss on the cheek. It's not the same. It's non physical, but you can ask for signs. People ask for things. Just be more aware of synchronicities music that's playing on a radio or finding a feather and trust I've trust what had, you're thinking i've even had some of those signs but it fades in between do you know what i mean it, i do it's yeah. never going to be like I've a hug all the time <laughs> yeah mm. and then it's about us deepening our trust in yeah. our feeling you know yes. you say you feel him all around yeah. We have to deepen into our trust too. It's about us doing that part of our work so that we don't constantly require the demonstrations um, because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we have to take responsibility for that part of our journey too. Yeah. Yes, I understand what you're saying. Thank you. It's like David talks about the lion-headed being. Someone might think he's crazy. I don't, but David, you know, <laughs> really, really readily accepts what he's experiencing as yeah. truth. And a, and a few years ago, I, I hesitated to speak about those because I thought, oh, Jesus Christ, people are going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm <now> mad. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, a simple, it's a matter of course for me to speak about that because it's very much a part of my reality. And I don't, I don't care. I don't mind if other people think well, I'm crazy you know that's, yeah that's I've started it. to talk to people about these things and I've had it, it sounds odd too but I've had messages through car number plates <laughs> there you go and that sort of thing. yeah yeah so it's it's being more open about it as well isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. thank you thank you so much thank you for I asking really the question that. great question thank yeah. you thank you Sandy now, is there anyone else that would like to talk or ask a question? 
And if not, that's okay as well. No, no questions for the moment. David, is there something you'd like to say? Just that anything is possible. And um, we really do get to create our own reality. And regardless of what is happening on the world stage or um, at a national level or a local level for you, each of us does truly get to create our own reality because our own individual energy field houses and radiates and magnifies all that we personally believe to be true about ourselves, about life, about love and the universe. And so if we're not happy with what we're experiencing, then we have to do the work in our own field, our own body, our own consciousness to change um, the fabric of our being and that will quickly now have uh, a rapidly transformational impact. But don't believe uh, and don't invest too much time and attention in how the world stage seems at the moment, because this isn't, um, this from my perspective, I think is, is like the scum rising to the surface. Uh, there's a lot of very, uh, beautiful stuff underneath. It's it's not going to be an overnight fix. It won't. We won't wake up on December the twenty second and be in this golden glorious age. It's going to take a, a while, but we don't have to be pinned to the timeline of the collective. Each one of us has our own personal evolutionary trajectory and timeline and we get to create that and walk that every day so you can evolve at your own pace your own speed your economy can be your personal economy regardless of what is happening to the collective economy in your nation or location um, all of that is very true just as your health is your own personal um, responsibility and dependent on what's happening in your body and field. And each of us has a huge amount we can do uh, to vitalize and deepen our awareness of health and our experience of health and well-being. So uh, don't buy into the, uh, the collective stories that are being propagated. Choose clearly internally what it is you want and work for that and ask for help the help that's available is unbelievable now it really is i've never seen fields of light gathering to assist in the way uh, that they are now um make use of that because it's uh it's extraordinary and it has to be invited by each of us so so do invite that um yeah, and enjoy, enjoy this process, this, um, what did you talk about a roller coaster earlier on? A roll, it yes, is a roller coaster. I could ask that question, maybe. What about, I, what about if I've got a question? <laughs> I've got do, lots, do. We've got lots of comments that I guess I should read, but I did have a question. That was my question. Should I ask it? Go for it, yeah. It's happened to me a few times when I've been interviewing people, not that often, Um all of a sudden I feel like I'm on a roller coaster, like I'm going up and down. I feel very dizzy, like I'm going to faint. And it only happens for four or five seconds at the most. And I said, well, David's like my spiritual go-to 101. You seem to be able to answer any question. But I said to David, what is that? Because it happened to me when we were talking before the live event started. So what is that, David? Now, for, there are a couple of different things that I come to mind when you mm -hmm. ask that. One is that when there's a sudden shift in energy, um, it can feel like that. You can actually become a bit dizzy. So maybe something that we were talking about had a rapid impact on your energy field. So perhaps mm -hmm. raised energy really quickly. And so that's um, 
creates that sensation, that weird sensation. Um, and another is that your, your system is really asking you to pay attention to what it was that was being talked about at that point in time, because it's something that's really useful for you to know. Um, and sometimes, you know, literally there's a, a shift in, in energetic levels because your, your system, some people would say your guides, whatever, um, but from my perspective, it's the wisdom of your system is trying to alert you to something that is significant for you. So take a look at that. Um, I tend to think it's the, the rapid shift in energy that causes a, um, a blip, as it were. Interesting. Thank you. I can't remember what we were talking about, but I have to go no. back and listen to it. I'll just read these final ones from <laughs> Renee. I would like to thank you, David and Louisa. This was wonderful and fun. Peace and love. Anita, I love how you keep sending us back to ourselves. It is often hard, but I appreciate the support for our empowerment. From Donna, being been enjoying David's daily meditations so much. Thank you for this additional gift of support on the 1212 Gateway. Much appreciated. Hug and kisses. Uh, Marianne, thank you so much, Louisa and David. Fran, thank you, Louisa and David. Catherine, so sorry, Louisa and David. I will have to go now. Okay, much love. <laughs> Well, what a great way to end the show, Mr. Manning. Thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest and the meditation and all your knowledge that you've imparted for these times. It's always really lovely to uh, connect with you, Louisa, and I really appreciate your giving me the time to, to speak and to connect with people. It's a, it's a real joy. So thank you. Thank so you much. so much. And the replay will be up in a couple of hours on YouTube. Okay. And thank you very much. Beautiful. Okay. Bye, David. Bye, everyone. Thank you Take so care. much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Bye. Bye-bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.